Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back to the Tim Weisberg Show here on WBSM. Paul Santos filling in today. And we're having a terrific time here talking about a lot of stuff, especially the school stuff, the new appointment of the superintendent, Andrew O'Leary, and the fact that I think it's great to promote from within as opposed to getting somebody from out of town and school discipline and stuff like that. And if you want to chime in on the discussion, 508-996-0500. Okay, Phil Devitt, can you hear me? I can't. Can you hear me? Let me see. Let me try this one. All right, go ahead. Hello. All right, let's try this one. Hello. Ah, there you hey. are. All right. <laughs> All right. Now we hear the smooth sounds of uh, Phil Devitt. Really nice to meet you this morning when I came in. Yeah, nice to meet you too. You know, I've seen you around. I think I've given you an old hello from 10 miles away. But <laughs> when you when you get here at, you know, 530, 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, we, we have time to really get to know each other. You know, for whatever reason, I didn't sleep that great the night before, so I was kind of tired by about 8 o'clock, so I went to bed and I fell asleep, so then when I woke up at 4.30, it really wasn't that bad. You were good to go. I was good to go. Do you do that? Do you go to bed really early at night? Well, that's always the concern. It's like, <laughs> what time do I go to sleep? How many alarms do I set? How close to my head do I put the alarm so I don't miss it? You know, all that stuff. I only started getting up early a couple weeks ago for, for this shift uh, permanently. I've done fill-in before, but... I was I was mainly an afternoon guy, and and so I'm still my body is still adjusting to that change. Well, I know a lot of people will agree with me. You're doing a great job. I hear you on the FM side. I hear you on the AM side. And one of the things that's really good about your delivery, you have a great delivery. You're smooth, but you were born with the pipes. You know what I mean? You either have the pipes or you don't, and you have the pipes. Well, thank you. I, I'll take it. You know, because <laughs> I, I, the pipes you, you're born with are the pipes you're stuck with, right? So exactly, I can't really do anything about it. But I'm happy I got some good ones then. You said you're from Westport. Yeah, yeah. Born in well, not born and raised. Born in Fall River, raised in Westport. It's funny. Was that Oyu Komova? Yeah, I was ago? trying to play it. I think I was playing two songs at the same time, but I was trying to play the Santana song. Yes, that brought me back to my marching band days at Westport High School. We we uh, performed that uh, my freshman year on football fields. Uh, here and all over the east coast really yeah so uh i'm 
I've got the the cell memory of learning the song and then being whipped into shape. I, I don't think I was in better shape than I was marching band. Like it was just the best. Really, take that, athletes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just going up and down. I, I was in the uh, the drum line, so I, I'd had a big bass drum strapped to my chest, and you're hoofing it up and down the field over and over again in the heat all day, just drilling it, getting it right. Um, one year was enough for me. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the Santana song because I know sometimes marching bands will play the marching type songs, but then sometimes when you hear a band play more popular stuff, I remember one time I was announcing a high school football game and it was against Brockton and whoever was in charge in the Brockton band, the band wasn't even that good. And they were playing Earth, Wind, and Fire, and they were up there with the horns going back and forth, and they're doing Casey and the Sunshine Band and all this. I'm like, hey, that's my kind of marching band right there, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, it's good stuff. Throw a little funk in there. Throw a little funk in there and see how crazy you can make it. Like, every year, that's the thing in the marching band is how do we make this bigger and better than last year, crazier, unexpected, all that stuff. So that's what was fun about Westport. But, of course, right over the line, we had Dartmouth High School. Exactly. No competing with Dartmouth High in the marching they band. They are amazing. They are amazing. And actually, I grew up in New Bedford, went to New Bedford High School. My kids all went to Dartmouth. And, you know, I announced the football games, hockey games over there, fill in actually doing a basketball game tomorrow night. And it's a great community. And that band, wow, the effort and the work that they put into that band, they are phenomenal. Absolutely. They get better and better, you know, even with changes in leadership. You know, sometimes you look at it, you go, oh, some so-and-so left, somebody retired. How's it going to translate over? Is it going to work? And it's just in the bloodstream in that town. So go Dartmouth. You know, Tim is really into the macabre, you know, and stuff like that. Like, is there a ghost over there or... You know, there's an unforeseen thing over here or there's a UFO over there. That's right. You're a guy that's into that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Tim and I are like two peas in a weird little creepy pod uh, when it comes to that stuff. Um, I don't know. My, my whole life I've been interested in in the unseen, the unknown. And, uh, you know, living in this area, Lizzie Borden is uh, the dominant topic when it comes to that stuff. And now I find myself over at the Lizzie Borden House in Fall River giving tours uh, in my spare time. You're still doing uh, that? Yeah, it's a good time, you know. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. I got to go over there because, you know, obviously I see it when I go to the courthouse. It's right next to the courthouse. I don't go to that courthouse too often. But I remember walking into the courthouse. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, there's a Lizzie Borden House. And I've never gone in there. But I should because you can tell the whole story about what happened where and all that stuff, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the, the, the tours take you all the way through the, the history of the day. And of course, you know, there's the whole paranormal side to things. You know, people will show up at night to stay over or bring their equipment and investigate looking for ghosts and all that. But even if that's not your cup of tea, it's just that the history itself is fascinating because it's the history of this family in Fall River, but it's also the history of the city at that time, the late 19th century and how different it was compared to today. So let me ask you the million dollar question. Was Lizzie Borden guilty? How did I know that was the million dollar question? <laughs> I think so most okay. of the time, but uh, I tell you, going through that house, I will change my mind uh, depending on the day and the way I present the facts. There's just no way to really know. I think that's what makes the case so fascinating. And, um, you know, I've, I've talked to other people who are like experts in this thing. I wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means, but they say they don't want it to be solved. They're not interested in that anymore. For them, it's about the mystery. It's about everything that comes with it. If it was solved, it might not be that alluring anymore, you know? So we probably will never have an answer, but uh, yes, between you and me, I think Lizzie Borden did it. Ah, okay. But you're not really convinced beyond a reasonable doubt. 
I'm not convinced beyond a reasonable of doubt. Yeah, you spend time in the courtroom. Yes, right. as an attorney, you still have to be convinced beyond a reasonable doubt. So you do have a doubt. I do have a doubt. The, it, like the jury did. The, like the jury did. Like for me, I look at all the uh, the evidence that they did have, and it seems pretty compelling to me, right? She was um, home during both of the murders uh, of her father and her stepmother. Uh, the doors were locked that day. She had alibis that nobody else could back up. There were no signs of forced entry. She had potentially a motive, some financial interest. You know, it all it hits all the check marks. But darn it, we still can't really say she did it. So, Well, before you get back to the newsroom, because I know you get a million things to do. Sure. You're into the paranormal. Maybe I should come on with you and Tim because I'm the skeptic. I'm the skeptic in the paranormal thing. Not that I don't say that we don't know what we don't know. There's no question that we don't know what we don't know. But it must be the attorney in me. I want to see the evidence. I want to see the evidence when you start saying, well, this, you know, this rock got moved or nobody was looking or there was a creek over here or whatever. Right. Show me the evidence. Yeah, that's that's a great attitude to have. Unless anybody think, you know, I'll, I'll say it was ghosts before anything else. I, I approach it with a skeptical mindset, too. If we can explain it away without ghosts, great. I'm happy to do that. And even when we can't explain it, I'm not going to just jump to it and say, hey, that must have been a ghost. Just say we don't know what that was. Right. right. Um, maybe someday we'll find out. Someday we may yeah. find out. We're not going to resolve it this morning. No, no. When it's our time to go, maybe that's when we'll know for sure. Hey, Phil, great meeting you and great working with you this morning. Hopefully our paths will cross again. Pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much. All right, Phil Devitt from the newsroom here at 1420 WBSM. And let's go back to the phone calls while we have the opportunity. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. You the new guy in the morning? No, I'm just filling in for Tim. Well, yeah, we're going to need somebody like you in this radio station. Oh, well, thank you, you for saying that. Yeah, you're very good. You know, are uh, you familiar with Ken Langone? The former CEO of Home Depot? I do not believe so, no. Okay, well, he was on not too long ago on CNBC, and they were talking about public education. And the United States spends more than any other country in public education. And he, at the time, he said it was, uh, U.S. was ranked 23rd as far as the quality of education. So we're, we're throwing all the Democrats think, and then some of the Republicans, you throw money at it, and it's going to get better. Right. I, I think you're right. I think you make a good point that, you know, it's how you spend the money, not how much money you have. It's what you do with it. If you waste the money on some of the things that I was saying before, you know, coddling the kids, not holding them accountable, the kids that are misbehaving, get extra, extra treatment and all this kind of stuff. If you approach it in that fashion, you're wasting a lot of the money. And I got to tell you, I know a lot of educators. I have educators in my family. I know educators. I work with educators. And they are some of the hardest working, caring people that you know. And it's not their fault that a lot of the money is being wasted. Well, let me just say this. Uh, good teachers are leaving and many can't wait to leave. Some of them are going to private schools. Uh, there are many dropouts, so anybody that tells me that they're doing something right at the public schools is lying. Uh, the dropout rate is because of the garbage that they're trying to peddle on our kids. This whole thing of it's today, it's about crotch education. Why it's there, why you have it, well, why you don't have it, well. why you should have another. <laughs> And that's why a lot no, no, of wait. these teachers are leaving. No, no. I, well, wait a minute. I, I think, you know, that's not, I, I mean, that may be like a, that's a part of the problem. Well, well, that might be the piece of the puzzle. But I mean, you know, when my wife is teaching and I've got educators, I mean, 90% of their time they're teaching math and science and this and that. And it's just the behavior of the kids and the fact that. Yeah, well, you were talking about behavior in the first two hours. Yes. That's at the house. Well. With your parents. That's and correct. If you, you know, and I've seen interviews with inmates 
uh, they say why they were there, criminals, and why they continued to go. But they first say they weren't loved at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the parents was the, the father figure wasn't around, or the mother. The mother was too busy trying to find the, the next guy to sleep with. And uh, it's a revolving door, and you know that because you're an attorney. But, uh, you know, this whole thing with, uh, like I said, the crotch education, <laughs> uh, it's crap. I, mean, I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think that, you know, having discipline in the school, making sure the, the kid is held accountable, you know, kids showing up late, kids not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And again, I do want to defend the public school, at least to some degree, to say that, you know, I know a lot of people who are at New Bedford High School, they're working hard under sometimes difficult situations. But if you're a kid from New Bedford and you have the ability and you work hard, you can go to Harvard from New Bedford High School. It happens all the time. It doesn't get publicized a lot, but you can go through the school. There's nothing wrong with the school. The school has all the opportunity that's there for you. It's just a question of whether or not you, based on your background, based on the bad parenting and everything else, do you want to take advantage of it or do you not? Well, you can go to the Ivy League school. You're talking about two out of 500, but uh, well, well, the Ivy League has become the poison Ivy League, well, poisoning well, the mind well, with well, right. far-left ideologies. Well, That's why we got a problem. That's why we well, have a problem in this city. We want to. Well, we have a mayor that wants to have it. Well, well, hang on a second. Uh, may, may I put aside, you know, particular schools like Ivy League schools? My point is, is that if you want to go to New Bedford High School and you want to take advantage of the opportunities that are there, and you want to work hard, and you want to follow the rules, you can go from there and be anything you want. It's not like the school is bad. It's just that, you know, you have to deal with the misbehaving kids. But the school itself and what they're, you know, what the opportunities that are there for you, it's up to you to take advantage of it. It's a free public education. You should take advantage of it. It's on you, don't you think? Well, it's on the individual. Uh, let me just give you a yes. quotation yes. from Mark Twain. I never let... My schooling interfere with my education. Your education is lifelong learning, not a public institution. That's why we're messed up. All right. I appreciate the call. Thank you very much. I've heard your voice before. I appreciate the positive comments. Thank you very much. All right. 508-996-0500. I know that, you know, there's some political aspect to this. But my point is, is that, you know, it's on the kid. You know, like we have kids that graduate with these high honors. In fact, I know John Mitchell is getting criticized on all this, although he's not a teacher, but, you know, he had this list of the top 10 graduates out of New Bedford High School. And actually, the last time I was coming on the year, the last time I was going to fill in, it turned out that I was away that weekend and I couldn't fill in, but I had it all queued up and ready to go. I was going to list off the top 10 graduates at New Bedford High School. And this one's going off to engineering. And this one's going off to be a teacher. And this one's going to law school. And that one is going to medical school. And I'm thinking, boy, you don't hear that too much from New Bedford High School. You think, oh, you go to New Bedford High School, you're not learning. You come out of there like you can't spell cat. And, you you know, you don't learn anything. Oh, well, there are people that do learn if they want to take the opportunity to learn. If they want to work hard, if they want to do what they're supposed to do, if they want to follow the rules, if they want to not break the rules. You can be anything from there. So the answer is, is that, yeah, we really need to emphasize, you know, hard work, you know, whether it's in your education. And that caller does make one other point that I want to make. And I always, I always say this, too, because I'm an attorney, right? So I have my jury doctor degree. So, you know, when they say I'm Dr. So-and-so, you're Dr. So-and-so, I always make the running joke and say, yeah, well, I'm a doctor, too. Look at the thing I have on the wall there. It says Juris Doctor, right? I got to tell you right now, all that means is, is that I've learned my craft in education-wise. 
most of what I've learned is after I became an attorney and actually implemented the stuff that I learned, not so much what I learned in school. But the point is, when it comes to plumbing, when it comes to, you know, HVAC, when it comes to construction, I don't know anything. I'm a complete idiot. So I never hold myself out like I'm smarter than the next guy in these other fields. In my field, I like to feel that I have a leg up on what's going on. If somebody calls me and says, this is what happened in court or whatever, sometimes I go, oh, wait a minute, you know, so did you ever look at it this way? You know, like that's my area of expertise. But I'm not going to tell a plumber, an electrician, an engineer, you know, about their area of expertise. And the thing is, because courts are in the news and, you know, it's popular to make comments about courts, I think people who don't have anything to do with courts have opinions. And we can talk about that. I understand that because that's in the public eye. But I do want to sort of emphasize that point that that last caller made. Just because I have a doctorate degree doesn't mean I'm any smarter than anybody else. Because when it comes to other areas that I am not familiar with, I'm an idiot in many areas when it comes to, you know, construction or, you know, plumbing or heating or, you know, things that are really important that people, they, they're smart as the day is long. I mean, these are people that are brilliant in their particular areas. So again, I think it's important to note, like that caller said, it's not just schooling education. It's the education that you get after you leave school in whatever career that you choose. But I did want to make the point that if you go to the public school and that's the only opportunity that you have because you grew up in an area where maybe your parents couldn't afford a parochial school or a private school and so on and so forth, and you had to go to the public school, whatever public school it is, I'm telling you right now, if that kid wants to work hard, listen to the teachers, follow the rules, that kid can be anything what he wants to be. It's still the United States of America. I still believe in that. And I think it's just a situation that we just have to get kind of hold of, you know, attendance. We have to get hold of discipline. And I think one of the earlier callers is right, too. As much as I'm glad to see Andrew O'Leary be the superintendent, his hands is tied to some degree by the Department of Education. And so the rules have to be followed by the Department of Education. So if they could just loosen it up a little bit and say, look, you know, we got to crack down on this kind of stuff. We want the kid that's behaving, the kid that's following the rules, the kid that's doing everything he or she's supposed to do. They're the ones who should be rewarded, not the kids who are misbehaving. We'll be right back. <laughs> Paul Santos filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning here at WBSM, having a great time chatting with you, mostly about schools and the new superintendent, Andrew O'Leary, having been promoted from within. I like that idea. I think we got a little carried away having all these superintendents from out of town where we had some great superintendents like Constantinopolis, Dr. Joe Silva, Mike Longo. Why are we running around and then we end up with a Pia Durkin? So I think Andrew O'Leary is a good appointment, but that's the subject of the day. Let's go to Joyce from New Bedford. Good morning, Joyce. Hi, since we're talking about um, education, could you please tell Ariel Dursey that it is eligible, not illegible. Every time she reads the news, she says they're illegible for parole, and it drives me crazy. Okay. It's eligible. Okay. Thank you. That's, thank you. That's why you're calling? Okay, thank you. That's it. All right, bye-bye. All right, there's a caller that was, like, quick and right to the point, which is good. We like concise. So, yes, a little correction there. Ah, yes, remember the old school English teacher that would just really harp on grammar? You probably lost a little bit of that too, you know. You had to um, was a conjugate the, you know, the 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 word, and you had to go through the the predicate and the subject, and 
you know, past tense and future tense and all that. I don't want to open up the whole door about pronouns. So don't call me about the pronouns. I understand about the pronouns. But I'm just saying, back in the school, the the really tough English teacher would be like, oh, yeah, you know, you, you got to pronounce it this way and you got to say it that way, which is true. You do have to say it a certain way um, to pronounce the word properly. Remember, it was like often versus often, right? It would be a debate about whether the word is really often or often. And then there was the debate about forehead or forehead. And, you know, you go back and forth. I mean, it's kind of like a rabbit hole of an argument that what does it really matter in the way? But I understand that those English teachers, hey, you should be speaking proper English as best you can. We're on the subject of uh, Superintendent Andrew O'Leary. Congratulations to him. I know he is now the superintendent. I think it's good that the community gets behind him. I just wanted to point out that I think it's good that we have somebody being promoted from within. I like to see that because I think it's good for morale. You work your way up the ranks. You may be superintendent someday. And you know the system, you know the community. I just think it's a good idea in general. What do you think about that? And then we talked about school discipline. I do think that, you know, we really need to reward good behavior all the time and not reward bad behavior. Not give bad behavior an extra reward so that you're like begging them to be good. They should be good the whole time, okay? And then number two, I wanted to mention, you know, Jack Markey recently passed away, a real icon here in the city of New Bedford. Uh, terrific mayor from 1971 to about 1982. I remember him becoming mayor when I was a kid. My dad was very friendly with him. So I remember him, you know, I remember just going to the the campaign rallies and the election night when he won and all that. And then years later, became a judge. And I remember going to court and seeing him there. And then after he retired, got to know him a little bit. But about five years ago, I did an interview with Jack Markey. So if you go on YouTube... And to type in Jack Markey, Paul Santos, or Paul Santos live show, or anything like that, that interview should pop up. And I'm proud of that interview because, you know, when I was speaking to the family members, the first thing they said to me was, thank you for doing that interview. And I'm like, well, I, you know, it was all him. It was all him. I just asked him the questions that I thought were interesting. And, you know, I asked him about, hey, when you were a judge, how did you decide whether to give somebody probation or give them a jail sentence? And he would talk about, okay, you know, you have to weigh all these factors, you know, this is a human being you're dealing with. You know, he tried to help people who were unfortunately suffering from substance abuse. So it's a combination of being tough and showing love, too. And I think that's what one of the callers said. In fact, Mr. Parado called from Dartmouth. He also talked about, you know, you have to spark a kid's interest. So if a kid is interested in television production, maybe that kid's a slacker. But then all of a sudden they come in and this light bulb goes off. And they want to get in in television production. And then that makes them work harder in the other classes because they want to be successful all the way around. It just, you know, it was like a spinoff effect. And I got to tell you, the kids that they have over there learning television production and all that, what a great group of young people. And they don't get the spotlight. Only the bad gets the spotlight. They're, they're uh, fun kids. They're energetic. They have a spark. And, of course, the teacher, Mr. Parada, he feels the same way. I can tell that he has a spark in his eye when he sees these kids, like he mentioned, one of the kids that went off to college and ended up on the dean's list. Of course he ended up on the dean's list because I remember how excited the kid was to deal with that particular class, how much he enjoyed school, which made him want to work harder. And then he had the whole mindset of trying to make something of himself. So we got to get back to that. I think that's the, the big thing that we need to do. All right, news break, and then we'll be back with more of our discussion about schools and discipline. And how was the discipline back in your day? How was it when you were in school? That's what I'd like to know. Give me a shout at 508-996-0500. 
Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM Newsroom. This is WBSM News. The defamation trial of former President Donald Trump resumes today. It had been delayed due to COVID concerns with a juror and some members of Trump's legal team. Last year, jurors found Trump liable for sexually abusing and defaming writer E. Jean Carroll decades ago. This trial is solely to determine how much money she'll get, if any. Carol is seeking $10 million. No clear word yet on whether the ex-president will testify. And Trump will remain on the main primary ballot until a similar Colorado case is decided in a U.S. Supreme Court. With the Supreme Court declining to stop the nation's first execution by nitrogen hypoxia, history is about to be made today. The state of Alabama is scheduled to put Kenneth Eugene Smith to death with the new method. He was sentenced to death for a 1988 murder and lived through a botched 2022 execution attempt. An attorney for Smith had asked the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals to block the execution, arguing the untested method may violate the Constitution's ban on cruel and unusual punishment. Boeing is ordering a one-day quality stand-down at one of its factories in Washington as concerns mount over safety. Today's move is just the first of many stand-downs planned at the aircraft makers' factories. The workers at the plant will get together to work on quality issues. It comes after a number of safety incidents involving Boeing planes. A record number of people signed up for health insurance through the Affordable Care Act this year, with the largest increases in politically red states. More than 21 million people signed up, an increase of nearly 31 percent. States with the largest year-over-year increases include West Virginia, Louisiana, Ohio, and Tennessee. A familiar face is set to return to The Daily Show next month. Lisa G. reports. John Stewart will host the Comedy Central show on Monday night starting February 12th. The former host will sit behind the desk through the 2024 election. The Daily Show has been using guest hosts as it continues to look for a permanent replacement for Trevor Noah after he left in December of 2022. The New Jersey native ended his first run as host of the show in 2015 after 16 years. He also runs an animal sanctuary for rescued animals. Lisa G, NBC News Radio, New York. Danny Masterson will remain in prison after being denied bail in a Los Angeles Superior Court. The That 70 Show star is appealing his dual rape conviction that will leave him in prison for at least 30 years. The judge cited Masterson as a flight risk, stating that now that he has no wife to go home to, he has every incentive to flee. Masterson's wife, Bijou Phillips, filed for divorce in September after he was found guilty. And a new camera has been invented that allows people to see the world through animal vision. Mark Mayfield with more. According to a report out this week, a team of British and American scientists have come up with a camera that records video in four colors, including ultraviolet, which is outside the range of human perception but can be seen by birds. The camera then turns the data into perceivable units for different animals, based on what is known about the animal's photoreceptors. The researchers have also released videos on social media that demonstrate animal vision, like how a bird might see a butterfly or how a mouse might see a rainbow. I'm Mark Mayfield. Turning now to Massachusetts, state lawmakers are considering whether to seek a receivership for steward health care as it deals with a financial crisis. And a cash reward is being offered for info leading to the arrest of a Fall River murder suspect. 26-year-old Tejon Saxon is wanted in the shooting death of Diamante Odom in 2023. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins lost to the Carolina Hurricanes 3-2 last night. Next up, they're playing the Ottawa Senators. That's tonight at 7. And the Boston Celtics all ready for a game tonight with the Miami Heat at 7.30. Now we check your forecast with ABC6. 
Quite a great start to our Thursday morning with lingering rain. It will taper off through the morning hours with mild temperatures climbing to around 50 under cloudy skies this afternoon. By the evening, those temperatures falling to around 40 and overnight in the upper 30s with rain developing once again late into the Friday morning commute with uh, temperatures falling into the mid-40s by Friday afternoon. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Hey, it's Paul Santos filling in. Good morning and welcome in. You're listening to New Bedford's News Talk Station. 1420 AM, 99.5 FM, WBSM. Glad to be filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning. Let's go back to the phones and say hello to Nick in Dartmouth. Good morning, Nick. Hey, good morning. How are you, Tony? Good. How are you? Not bad, thanks. So, uh, I remember some of the discipline in public schools. I was I grew up in the bedroom, mm-hmm. and... Uh, <clears throat> I was at the uh, Knowlton School. I don't know if you're aware of that. Knowlton School was where uh, uh, Fadden is now. Okay. That was the uh, original uh, elementary school that was there, K through 6. And uh, I forget the principal's name. They had a principal and a vice principal there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had a uh, strap there. Uh-oh. So the strap for about maybe about an inch, 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 inch and a quarter across or so, mm-hmm. maybe about, oh, I don't know eight inches long and they had a strap there that towards the end of it about oh about an inch or so inch or so shy from the tip of it they had a uh probably about a uh maybe like two-thirds of an inch uh wide maybe about an inch long pocket sewn into the end of it and did they ever use pocket, it inside that pocket they would stick a little strip of lead they gave it some heft did they ever use it and, do you know uh, I know they used it. They used it on me. Oh. <laughs> so the the uh, the word on the street was that uh, the vice principal, it was a lady. She was the one that used to give it to you. And uh, they said when she jumps up in the air, that's when you're not going to get it. Cause she would <laughs> jump up in the air so she could come down on you. All right. So did it do you some good, do you think? Sure it did. Sure it did. I get, I get strapped there. I think that was it. I went to uh, Amanda after that. Well, that, well, when I was there, they burnt the place down. Well, some guys I know, they say burnt uh-huh. it down. So let me ask you a question. Then, uh, went to, do you think they should yeah. bring the strap back? Do you, yes. think we, do you think we could be tough with discipline and, and be more inclined to be better disciplinarians without the strap? Well, you know, there's an old expression out there. It's called an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm-hmm. You give the kids the prevention. That's the strap. <laughs> right, right. You know, the cure is being nice to them. Right, right, right. All right, I got to let you go. Thank you very much for your comments this morning. Yeah, yep, bye. Okay, I'm going to ask that next caller to please, please hang on. I know you've been there for a few minutes, but I got to go to this break, and then we'll go right to you. You're listening to Paul Santos filling in for Tim here at WBSF. <laughs> Hi, it's Paul Santos filling in for Tim Weisberg this morning, having a great time here at WBSM. Hope your day is off to a great start. We're talking mostly about schools and, in particular, school discipline. Let's go to Colleen in Dartmouth. Good morning, Colleen. Good morning. When I was in seventh grade at Dartmouth Middle School, and uh, 
I had this teacher. I won't say her name. She's gone now, anyway, I'm sure. And um, anyway, uh, we would take a test, and she would put us all in a row on how smart we were on the test. Like the next day you would go in, she'd say, okay, you did good. You go in the first row, which I was never. And then she said, you know, if you didn't do good on your test, she'd put you in the last row. Now, how is that for self-esteem? <laughs> right. So if you didn't do well on the test, you went in the no. not-so-bright row, uh, right? Right. Yeah, I was in there quite a few times. And then we had another teacher um, that he just, if, if uh, he caught you talking, it was just mostly for the guys, though. He would chalk up the eraser on the board, and and while they were talking, he would just whip it right at their heads. Oh, oh was this wow. terrible. Yeah, that was in seventh grade. So was that good or bad? Here. Was that bad or good? Oh, that was bad. Okay, I, all right. They were, they were ridiculous. <laughs> I thought it really was good. Was. I thought I was going to get calls of people saying, yeah, we should bring back the strap, and the teacher ought to be throwing the chalk around and blah, blah, blah. But I haven't really got that. I've got You can have discipline with love at the same time. Yeah, well, there was quite quite a few really good teachers there, but I had just moved here from uh, uh, near Boston area mm -hmm. and Danvers and stuff, and I wasn't used to that. We used to have really nice teachers out there. One teacher, we just we didn't have enough uh, classrooms, so we had we had a classroom in the cafeteria. He used to just play guitar and sing oh, during yeah. English class. Well, I got to <laughs> tell you, moved here. I remember many of my teachers, and I remember the ones that I really liked, and they do have an imprint on you you know what i mean like i can remember there were just certain teachers that had a knack for it some of them just had a knack yeah. for it they were born to be teachers and others you yeah. could tell they either didn't want to be there or they were frustrated or whatever you know what i mean so that's yeah. <laughs> that, that's the way You're it goes ready to retire you know what i mean yeah, no like... no i know all right uh thank you very much for the call all right take care bye okay let's say hello to maria is this maria hello yeah hi you're on the air good morning how are you hi good how are you today <laughs> Good, thanks. Yeah, I just um, turned the radio on and I'm hearing uh, people talk about their um, adventures when they were in school. You know, I went to the Mandan when I was um, in the seventh grade. I never forgot. Imagine a teacher doing this today. She was an algebra teacher and at the Mandan. And she, I mean, she was, let me tell you, she was tough. And, you know, I don't know if they do that today, but they used to do have the teachers as the hall monitors when you changed from class to class, um, you know, just keeping an eye on the kids and seeing what was going on, uh, making sure, you know, there were no problems. Well, back in my day, because um, I'm in my 60s, you know, the girls would wear short mini skirts and Unfortunately, a lot of the mothers didn't let them wear mini skirts. So what they would do is they would roll. When they got to school, they would roll uh, <laughs> the elastic. Yes, I, I I remember that. Two or three times, yeah. so that it became a mini skirt. Okay, mm -hmm. and then yeah. they would cover the roll with their sweater or whatever. Um, and then you know they'd also wear a little bit of lipstick, whatever. So this algebra teacher, when it was mon. Um, going from class to class she, if she saw uh, a girl with a skirt too short and she knew that that's she figured that skirt was rolled up she would call her over she would lift up the sweater and pull the and, and unroll the skirt and put the skirt back down to where it should be right and then she would and then she would hand her a tissue and ask her to wipe the the majority of the lipstick off her lips wow 
So just, I, can you imagine them doing that today? Well, I remember they had a rule that the skirt could only be so many inches above the knee, you know. But, yeah, they used right. to roll them up. I remember that. Right. Well, but this one, I mean, as far I mean, I remember her. Um, I don't know if any of the other teachers. Uh, and the only reason why I remember her is because I had her for algebra. And she was, you know, she used to walk around with that ruler in her hand. Oh, boy. Hand with it, but yeah, well, I you know I never forgot. I never forgot about. Well, that. I gotta tell you, I gotta let you go because I gotta go to a break. But you know, I was in high school around the same time as you, and I wish I could say that I was against having them roll up the mini skirts. But unfortunately, I have to confess, I liked it when they rolled up the mini skirt. Okay, she's gone. <laughs> All right. I mean, my point of view might be different as a parent, but. Uh, that was my perspective at the time, but then again, I was a high school kid, right? Okay, but it was distracting, so we don't want to be distracted when we're learning our reading, writing, and arithmetic. We'll be right back. All right, it's Paul filling in for Tim this morning here at WBSM. Coming down the home stretch, so if you call in, please try to be concise, and we'll get you on. This is Dixie from New Bedford. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I went to school in South Dakota. It was a Bliss Corner school. And we had a five-finger strap, a leather strap. And if anybody was bad, they would hit their hands. And it was the principal who uh, took care of that. And at that year, she was my teacher. So she was principal and my teacher. And she came in one day and she looked at me. She says, you want to go to my office? I said, well, what the heck? I didn't do anything. She says, I said, no, I don't want to go to your office. She says, oh, I want you to go and dust my desk and, and tidy up in there. Wow. But they, they used it then. Some kids, I heard them, she would, she, they would hit the hands. She would put out your hands and she, I, we would hear them. They would be hitting their hands. So you think that was and, a good thing? Uh, well, you know, it all starts at home. Mm -hmm. You know, to be disciplined and all that. But they were strict. If you were caught chewing gum, she'd put a chair in front of the class and she put the gum, she put the, you put your gum on your nose and you sat there with it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's something they probably, the parent, yeah. would, the parent would probably anyway, come in and say, what do you do to my kid? You put the gum on their nose? Are you yeah. kidding me? Yeah. But you've got, to you got to get disciplined at home. Right. And, you know, and be respectful. But that's about it. All right. Thank you very much for calling, okay, Dixie. Bye-bye. Okay. This other caller is from New Bedford. Good morning. Hi. Hi. And you want me to be, you want me to be concise. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, I, uh, I, um. I went to Namandan and I got kicked out of Glee Club. It was Mr. Peters, I'll never forget. And he said, I got a woman's bass voice. He said it in front of everybody. And he kicked me out of Glee Club. You you couldn't do that today because you'd get in trouble. Another thing is um, I got uh, for talking in uh, kindergarten and I got put in the hallway. Then she put me down the cellar and I made friends with the... Um, the janitors, I'll never forget their names, Mr. Roy and Mr. Bento, and they used to call me Froggy. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So let me get this straight. So you misbehaved, and one of the punishments was to go down to the basement and hang around with the janitors? Well, first in the hallway, then down the basement, because in the hallway I talked with people that were going by in the hallway, but I still talked in the basement. You must have been bad. No, I was. Uh, I brought the teacher a coconut and everything for her arthritis. <laughs> I I always got good grades. Um, uh -huh. We made butter in in, in um, kindergarten. But anyways, that stank. That girl was talking about the lipstick. Well, I was sent home for wearing a pretty blouse because we had a uniform, and then I was sent home for um, wearing blush on my cheeks, and she made me take it off. 
They were very mean. And you know what kills me is that I see one of the sisters today, and she wears, she's not a sister anymore, and don't ever dare call her that. And she has fake nails, all makeup. And you know, it's so hypocritical. I just, you know, it just turns you off. Another thing is my that my voice is very, um, you know, rough. It's um, that's what I got stuck with. You know, it's very deep. Mm-hmm. So people know that it's me calling in without okay. even knowing my name. <laughs> All right, we appreciate the call. Thanks very much. Thank you. Good morning, Aaron WBSM. Hello. Okay, nobody had that line. Okay, I wanted to mention too. I meant to mention this before, and I didn't. Filling in on the radio, this is great. Having a great time. Hope I have another opportunity to do so. I also have a TV show. My TV show is totally different than the radio show. The TV show is called the Paul Santos Live Show. You can see it Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on Channel 95 in the local area. Okay, you got Channel 5. You got I mean, you got Channel 95. You got Comcast. If you have Comcast, I know some people do and some people don't these days. But if you have Comcast, Channel 95, right? You go to Channel 95 Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. And you can see the Paul Santos live show where we highlight the talented, interesting, and entertaining from the area. So every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, Channel 95, Comcast in New Bedford, Dartmouth, Haven, and Cushnet. You can also get it online by going to the Paul Santos live show YouTube channel or Facebook page. And thirdly, and perhaps most importantly, we're on the Providence Market. This coming Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. right before the Catholic Mass. I know we have a lot of People out there, they watch the Catholic Mass, right? A lot of those religious folks, they can't get to church. You can see the Catholic Mass at 11. But before that, at 10.30, we have the Paul Santos Live Show. Again, we highlight the talented, interesting, and entertaining from the area. The show is patterned after the traditional Johnny Carson night show, uh, Tonight Show. The problem is I don't have the comedy writers that he has. So I try to do the monologue on my own. So I come out, I do a little monologue. I banter with a sidekick. I got a band which is Gary Langevin, Artie DeMello. We call it the Paul Santos Live Show Band. I got a director of comedy, Allison Dian from Dian for Laughs, has been a big help on the show. Chops Turner, he left the show, but he was a big help to the show as well. Really, really talented individual. We had a band called Muter that worked on the show. The NB Root Boys worked on the show. We've had a lot of people that have worked on the show. We do the show up at Mikey B's Monday nights at 7 o'clock. That's where we do the show. It's a live stream. But we record it there for television. It's really a television show. So we use that little side room. They set up the cameras. Aaron Kadju is our producer-director from Bristol County Media. He sets up all the cameras, the lights, and everything else. We have a curtain. We set the whole thing up, and we do what is basically a local version of The Tonight Show right there. But the best part of it is it's not the monologue and the joking around, which we love to do. It's highlighting local talent. For example, on the show this coming Sunday morning, anybody out there know Nick Vieira from the Feast Committee? He's very involved in the New Bedford Portuguese Feast. His name is Nick Vieira. He came on the show and sang an original song, chatted with me. We joked, we laughed around, we laughed about a little bit during the interview. I also have a guy by the name of Smokin' Joe Holden. He was our comedian of the night. He was on the show. And then we had a woman by the name of Chantel Souza, who is a female bodybuilder. And she was kind of uh, flexing her muscles there for us, you know. And that was, oh, that was just hilarious. So every week I try to have a music guest, a comedian guest, and an interview guest. And we have some some great shows coming up. So 10.30 this Sunday morning on ABC6 in Providence. Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, Channel 95 locally here on Comcast. Okay, we got about a minute left. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Yeah, that, that was a very good interview you had there with Jack Markey. Oh, thank I you very much. It. Thank you very much for but, watching that. And very quickly, you and your audience, you got to 
So I was watching that and on YouTube, and then there was a uh, a political ad. Ed Markey, oh. 1976 Democrat running for Congress. You oh. got to watch that. You you want to get some laughs? You're going to have 30 seconds, 36 seconds of laughs. Boy, I couldn't stop laughing. Well, that's what happens when you type in Jack Markey. After you're done with Jack Markey, you end up with Ed Markey. <laughs> yeah. So you look it up. You and everybody right. else, you're going to get a lot of laughs. This guy, man, I'm telling you, you should be out of Congress. All right. Thanks very much for your comment. All right. We're winding it down here at WBSM. I want to take the opportunity to thank all of the folks here at WBSM. Michael Rock, Tim Weisberg, of course, is the regular host over here. And everybody else who shows such great support when I stopped by WBSM got a chance to meet Phil Devitt this morning. So I hope to have this opportunity again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.